Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Joined once again by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, we have, have made it through the preseason. How about that? Kind of amazing, isn't it? It's uh, It's gone much quicker than I might have imagined, actually. The training camp days are slow, but the month is fast. Yeah. As they say, mm-hmm. the month flew by. It's very odd. Now, as we're recording, we are about, about I guess, 27 hours away from the cut down. Uh, if, if you go by what the Chiefs like to do, we're about 29 to 30. They don't, they don't like to give us the final list for like two hours past the deadline, and we're just sitting around waiting for it. Uh, so I imagine... You'll start to see some names trickling out. We're going to have a tracker at arrowheadpride.com like we do every year. But the official, official list won't come, I guess, till about 4 or 5 o'clock. That's typically what the Chiefs have done. And then we'll hear from General Manager Brett Veach on Wednesday. This, of course, the the in-season day for the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. We will go on Mondays, as we usually do, so you can get your world-famous marinated takeaways after the game. No marinated takeaways from this final preseason game. I think this show in particular might be a little bit more abbreviated than usual because we're just going to go through the final 53-man roster projection. And then Steve has told me that after the the release or after the roster is released tomorrow, it will be him, it will be Matt Stagner, it'll be Maurice, uh, and it'll be Rocky Magana going through the initial roster and reacting to it right here on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network so a lot of good content coming your way both on the website uh and on the on the podcast waves here and we are we'll get into the final projection a preview of sorts for the cut down in a second but first uh, our reviews if you leave us a review on the arrowhead pride podcast network on itunes we will read it on the show and john this is this is probably the most detailed review we've ever gotten this is oh from dear is that Chiefs good or LBI. bad <laughs> and maybe a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, he- hello, editors. I very much enjoy the AP podcast and listen weekly, particularly to the editor show. I'm old enough to remember watching Super Bowl one uh, as a young lad oh. and remember well the Super Bowl four victory. I was unfortunate to shake the hands of Willie Lanier, Bobby Bell, and Lynn Dawson as a teenager. Watched the sports complex being built during lunches while working, selling subscriptions to the Raytown News during the Chiefs golden era or the first golden era. John is a, a junior to me, so a little bit of an older fan here. Uh, by just a few years, and bring, brings a nice Uncle John persona to each and every show. <laughs> John is clearly a nice guy, and I wonder if he actually curses during games when things aren't going to plan. Uh, I yes. Can, I can confirm, yeah. yes, he, he does. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, uses S, some, you know, sometimes F. 
Um, Pete brings that press sign in the old New York reporter fedora edge to coverage that is inquisitive, straightforward, and eminently dependable to bear on all things Chiefs. You can tell the Northeast media edges have been rounded off slightly over the years. <laughs> Perfect uh, for Chiefs fans who seek the truth. And then uh, as a dual U.S.-U.K. citizen, I enjoy the U.K. vernacular, the boys on the abroad exposed oh. to the Chiefs faithful uh, in each of their shows. And I hope listeners have expanded their collective vocabularies to appreciate the innate uh, UK lexicon, the chaps deliver us in every episode. Serta is a boss producer. Keep up the great work and hope that, that Chris Jones actually becomes a Chiefs for life and retires to become one of the most important Chiefs Hall of Famers from the second golden era we are living in. Uh, this is Casey from Casey down in the DFW era. So a nice little review there. Uh, lengthy. And we appreciate it. And then we had another one uh, that asked us a question. I feel like one five star in two weeks is uh, a week so i had to show you both some love love this podcast a simple request i want you to both discuss a topic that you're most passionate about it can be football <laughs> or something else uh thanks for always being down to earth and a great listen i don't know if we're going to discuss any other topics but why don't we why don't you share john like what's one what's a, a topic of interest that maybe uh folks wouldn't know that you enjoy well, you know, I, I grew up uh, as a as a big fan of the space program, which is why I'm often wearing a, a NASA hat with the original NASA meatball on it, as yeah. they call it, as I as I am right now, as a right. matter of fact. I see that. And um, I'm, I've been thinking about rejoining the National Association of Rocketry. Uh, I was into model rockets when I was a kid, but I don't have a lot of time for stuff like that. It's you know, we're pretty busy on this uh, on this website and the podcast network. And I don't know if I have much time, but I sure did enjoy building model rockets when I was a kid. And I've recently learned that there's lots of people my age who have come back to it and uh, talk about it quite a bit on social media. So I may be getting back into that somewhere along the line. That's cool. I, I, I don't think anyone knows this about me. I'm, I'm kind of low-key obsessed with ufos and following that that story <laughs> yeah uh one of my guilty pleasures and as john you know this is is watching pro wrestling here and there when i can yeah. when it mm -hmm. doesn't interview with football certainly like the wrestlemanias and the royal rumbles it, I, it still gets the little kid out of me and then uh this has been more of a recent development because of uh the insistence of my new roommate it is health and fitness i've i've re found oh, my, my health and, and fitness uh area part of my life so won't go into details about that stuff, but yes, we do have uh, lives other than Kansas City Chiefs football, if you were wondering. Well, only sort of. <laughs> right, kind of. That's the caveat, kind of. All right, we did three projections, John, uh, um, during the preseason. We were wondering if we were going to get to four or five. I ended up getting four. I, I probably could have done one before the last preseason game, but I just got to a point where I didn't think much was changing. So I didn't want to just do mm -hmm. one for the yeah. sake of doing one. So we have one final one up today. I put it up at 1125 a.m. Arrowhead time. And this is a sort of a, a preview for what we're expecting tomorrow. I know for sure uh, that this will not be correct. Uh, I know that for sure. There's there just, and as we'll describe here, there's just too many moving parts. I think even maybe more so this year than other years, John, where it's like a little mm -hmm, unclear yeah. what the procedural moves are going to be. You don't know who right. the Chiefs are going to be interested in uh, every other team. That's something that happens each and every year, but there are certainly some weaker spots. Like, like you think about the defensive end room right now. Is there someone in the league that is so good that it pushes somebody else out? We're not going to consider you know, the other 31 teams. We're only working off the Chiefs list right here. So it's, uh, John, I could describe it as like, it's pretty convoluted this year when it comes to like, how the actual roster shapes out 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's there are a lot of moving parts to this, but you know, there's a lot of moving parts to it every season. Uh, I, I think that this one may be maybe a little more than most, but predicting the final fifty three correctly is much like you know getting the final four right mm. if you're in an NCAA pool in March. It's just it's just nearly impossible. And um, so we do our best and we often come pretty close to it. And so uh, pay attention to what Pete has put together here, because I think it, it probably is pretty close to how it's going to play out. Some of the details may be different, but uh, I think we've got the, the basic outlines right. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's start it here with the offense. I, I ended up keeping 26 offensive players. This can vary usually in the 24 to 26 range. The way the Chiefs roster is kind of shaped out. I have 26 here. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe they, they drop one of these guys and go 25, 25, because there is a case to be made on the defensive side of the football. But in the quarterback room, I have Patrick Mahomes. Of course, I have Blaine Gabbert and Shane Bouchelle. I'm keeping three quarterbacks here. I asked Andy Reid after the game about how the emergency quarterback rule would impact this decision. And I thought his answer was interesting because I figured – he would be in the side of, well, that is such an advantage, but he kind of left it open for discussion. He said that him and Brett feature could have to count the numbers here. So I do think there's a non zero percent chance that the chiefs just forego this emergency quarterback. And, you know, for me, I was all in on Shane Bouchelle, but man, he could not have played worse on Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. So now it's, it's, it's going to be Gabbard. I, I I think the Chiefs are just going to go with the safe option there. The the Michelle option was intriguing, and when he was going for ten for ten for you know, buck change and doing the scramble fifteen yard for the the touchdown, you feel like okay, there's too much upside to ignore. But then you have the next preseason game, and it's a, and it's a hard reminder that in a backup you might want to go safer than someone that you know is unproven in a sense, doesn't have the the miles under their belt, so to speak. But I I think at the end. As they're counting up these numbers, John, they say to themselves, the the emergency quarterback is too valuable. Again, that rule is if, in this example, Mahomes and Gabbert were to go down in a game, they don't have to dress Bouchelle on the active list. They can dress other players, but he only becomes available due to injury of the first two guys, this, this going back to that 49er situation last year. So I got three quarterbacks. Right. Um, I, you know... <laughs> I also agree that I think it's going to be too hard for the Chiefs to ignore the um, that aspect of it, that there's this new rule. History suggests when Reed was in Philadelphia, and in all those years, he was in almost all of the years he was in Philadelphia, there was a version of that rule on the books in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And in most of those seasons, Reed had three quarterbacks on his active roster. And that's what leads me to believe that that's how he'll approach it this year. But you know, the, the mystery here is what if they need space for one of these other players? What if they want to push it to eight wide receivers and this is the only way you can do it. Um, I, and I, and I agree with you that Buchel really looked fantastic a week ago, Saturday, and then looked bad on this, uh, this two days ago, but that's kind of indicative of the kind of player he is. You know, we don't really get enough sample size in these preseason games to really get a sense of what Buchel would really look like in the regular season. And, you know, we've seen Patrick Mahomes play badly over short periods of time. And we've also seen him play great over short periods of time, more often 
then badly, of course. Mm. But we don't get enough sample size to really get that out of Buchel. And I and I wonder, some would say that Buchel shows more upside. And maybe that's the case. It's just hard to know. And the Chiefs are probably in a better position to make that judgment. So these are all the things that are going to go into this decision. And um, we'll it'll be fascinating to see how the Chiefs do it. Yeah, I just think I think Buchel needed to follow up the performance against Arizona with a good performance against sure. Portland. Yeah. And mm-hmm. part of the problem, too, was they only got a handful of, of snaps in the series with the, what would be the starters. And then it was basically the twos against the Browns once. The Browns were giving them guy their their guys some more run. And right. Look, you know, part of that was you saw the difference, you know, the second team of the Cardinals against and, and the first team NFL team that is the Browns. I just I don't know. It, it's a shame because I, I think Bouchelle really actually did make it a competition, but just couldn't follow through with a solid enough performance in that third game. And yeah, as you're mentioning, maybe if there was a fourth game, they could Gave everybody another look, and maybe it was an outlier, but just they don't have that luxury, and I think you got to go with the safe player. Sure. Uh, I do think all three players are on the roster, though. I, I maintain that. I, but it, it Andy Reid did leave it a little bit more open than I, I thought it might be. All right, running backs. Uh, we keep four here. Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and LaMichael Pirine, who really came on in the middle of the camp. We had had said, and I was incorrect about this, that Deneric Prince was a near lock for the 53-man roster. It just seemed that way. I, it really did. Heading into training camp, especially at the beginning of camp, he was getting all of the second-team reps behind what was Clyde Edwards-Alaire because Isaiah Pacheco was wearing that yellow non-contact jersey for a long time. But uh, well, Michael Piron, it, it seems, has done more when it comes to playbook retention. I, I wrote pass protection, and, and it seems like Andy Reid really likes his vision. He is further ahead than uh, Deneric Prince. I think the Chiefs still like Deneric Prince. I think he's probably going to be on the practice squad, but I think LaMichael Pirine gets the nod. And there is an alternate here where I think there's two options for the running back room. They're keeping three, and it'll be Pacheco, McKinnon, and Edwards Alaire, or they're keeping four with Pirine in the mix. I don't I don't see another scenario where a Jerry and E-League breaks through or Prince, and you know, unfortunately for him, I, I think it's Pirine or three running backs. And I would point out that I don't think there's a scenario where Edward Zelaire is not on the team. Yeah. Um, I, I know a lot of fans uh, think that that could happen, um, but you don't have it that way. And I don't have it that way either. Uh, I think the chiefs like Edward Zelaire. Um, They've given him a lot of work in the preseason. They've given him a lot of work in training camp. There's just been no indication that they don't really want to keep him around. Um, you know, he has not been what you would want to see from a first round draft pick. There's no argument about that, but he has been an adequate running back for this team and, and certainly adequate enough to fulfill a backup role, which is what he's going to have in 2023. I think he's actually essentially the number two running back. He's going to be the guy that's going to get the majority of snaps. If Pacheco is not available on a given day, McKinnon is always going to be the 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 guy who comes in on third down uh, and, and be that pass catching back out of the backfield. And Perrine is just going to be the guy who gets some work and, and develops, I think. The, the the truth when it comes to Edwards Alaire, and, and I understand that you can make a case how they were featuring him in the preseason. I, I agree. But there were so many reps that he took at training camp and practices that, you know, right. after training camp, it's like you're not giving this guy this many reps at practice if you're just trying to trade him. Mm-hmm. So. 
I, yeah, he's, I mean, he's on the team uh, and, and there's a 0% chance he's just straight up cut. Like if you want to say, well, yeah, they're going to trade him first. Yeah, maybe if they can't find a trade partner, he's on the team. Like they're not just like getting rid of Edwards Alaire. I, I, that's, that's yeah. just like an honest scenario that's happening. No fullbacks. Um, never had a fullback on the offseason roster. Mike Burton uh, becomes the final fullback for Andy Reid, it seems like, ever. So he has that honor as he you know, plays the Chiefs now as a member of the Denver Broncos. Wide receivers, I'm I'm still keeping seven. Kadarius Tony, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Skymore, Justin Watson, Richie James, Rasheed Rice, and Justin Ross. I know that I'm leaving a a big name off that list now and Amir Smith-Marset who had just a fantastic preseason. This one hung me up. And uh, again, I think it, this is just a tough exercise because you're, you're trying to assume, well, these receivers are so good. Somebody in the league is going to want them and they'll trade somebody. I know a lot of fans much to like Clyde wanted to be Justin Watson and you keep Amir Smith-Marset. Um, but you just can't assume that another team is going to be interested and I just don't think the Chiefs are, are cutting the $1.4 million that is, that is due to Justin Watson. Here's another thing. He's been the third receiver with the first team the entire camp. Kadarius Tony mm-hmm. has been injured. It's been Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Sky Moore, and Justin Watson. And if you notice the other day, he came off the field pretty quickly, which usually in that final game indicates that he's a starter on the team. And so I think this is it. I think Amir Smith-Marset is, is I don't think we're going out on a limb here and saying that he'll be claimed if, if the Chiefs try to get him on the practice squad. I don't think that's an option for them. So that that is hanging me up in this room. I'm also wondering, as I have been the entire time, is Kadarius Tony just making the team to go on IR? Andy Reid uh, used the dreaded term day-to-day the other day when it, came, <laughs> it comes to uh, KT. So um, a lot of question marks for this room. I'm I'm not... I'm not as confident with with what I've I've come up with simply because I think there's a lot of directions the Chiefs can go in. Yeah, uh, our Jared Sapp wrote a really nice piece on the on arrowheadpride.com this morning about the players that have been released or actually waived by the Chiefs on final cutdown day and have been picked up by other teams. And then he went through, uh, you know, the the likelihood that different players uh, would be uh, picked up by other teams if the Chiefs waived them. Uh, tomorrow. And he made the point with Smith Marset that this is a player who was available for most of the season last year to the rest of the league. Right. And yes, he's, he's put in uh, some good preseason tape, but the real question is how much does that change an existing perception? Because the reason that he was available <laughs> to the rest of the league and wasn't, didn't have a job was that he's got some bad tape in actual yeah. games uh, for the Vikings and the Bears. And um, so, you know, does that preseason tape overturn that? Well, that's an excellent question. He could end up being on the Chiefs practice squad again. And uh, we have to consider that possibility. I, I agree I think, with you that this is the thing that we have to be wondering about. Though. Yeah, I think like my thing, and I was, I was surprised when I looked this up uh, during the weekend, I just looked up his age and I was just surprised to see that that was 23. I think if he was mm-hmm. doing it as, as you're describing, you know, been with a couple teams, I think if he was doing this at the age of 26, then yeah, I think Jared and, and you're certainly onto a, something. The fact that he's 23 and doing this, I know he has three years in the league, but he's kind of got that juju thing going on where he's been around forever and is still young. And uh, I just <laughs> wonder if that pushes the chiefs to, to make sure they protect him. I don't, 
this is going to sound crazy, but I don't think that's like completely out of the question for them to keep eight receivers initially, especially if Kadarius Tony right. is going to head to IR, right? Like if, if that actually is coming, maybe they do keep eight and like maybe Blake Bell, and I'm just about to talk about it. it he's a, a veteran and he's got the four years. Maybe he's released and then brought back the next day after an IR situation. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. And this is unbelievable for Andy Reid, who has never kept more than six receivers to keep eight. I, I, I think that is in somewhere in the cards, which is just wild. And I would it'd be intriguing to see how the Chiefs manage that. But if he does, it's probably just going to be temporarily. temporarily. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think what you're saying here is that we assume that if they uh, keep seven receivers on Tuesday, one of them, Kadarius Tony could be dropped onto IR right away. So we're back to six. What you're really saying here is that eight could become seven and seven right. would be an unprecedented situation for Andy Reid. Apple card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. That, that's a, a tough decision to have in the back end of that room. Uh, you wish that some of these big decisions are at the front of the room. We're always talking about how deep yeah. the Chiefs are. It's really just <laughs> deep at the end of it, yeah. <laughs> like the top of it. All right, uh, the tight ends, Travis Kelsey uh, and Noah Gray. This is where I'm doing that bell wrinkle. We've talked about it before, but Blake Bell, you had four years in the league. You're released instead of waived, so you're not available to the rest of the league, and the Chiefs can let Blake Bell, Blake Bell hang out for a little bit there work the roster and then bring them aboard. So two initially for the tight ends, but I think, you know, a day later, it's Blake Bell will be back once they kind of make all their moves. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any way without a fullback on the roster that the chiefs are going to go with just two tight ends this year. There's no way it's going to right. be three, but I, I agree that bell would be an excellent candidate for somebody who can give you some room to wiggle there in the in days after the, the initial roster. You know, with all of these these decisions, there's a couple names out there that that if you do make moves, and we're about to talk about another one with Nick Allegretti. We haven't seen Nick Allegretti since about mid-August with the shoulder issue. He could be doing the Tony thing that I'm suggesting, where he makes mm -hmm. the initial roster and then is put on short-term IR. By the way, I keep I don't know if I've explained that, but just in case, you can only go on short-term IR after you make the initial 53, if you don't, your season is over. So that's why, you know, you got to kind of play with it at, at the beginning here. I'm keeping 10 offensive linemen, Donovan Smith, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Jawan Taylor, Nick Allegretti, Prince Teguanogo, Wanye Morris, Darian Kennard, and Mike Caliendo. Uh, a couple notes here. I, I end up trading Lucas Niang in this scenario. The idea for me is a conditional sixth that would become a seventh if he doesn't play for whatever team he's going to. 
uh, whatever. I think the Chiefs get an extra draft pick. Mike Caliendo makes the team because once Nick Allegretti would hypothetically head to IR, he would become that backup center, backup left guard, backup right guard. And I, I had said I wanted to mention the few of the names that could become available if they play this game. And we'll get to it in the defensive side, but it's like a Danny Shelton, a, a Daniel Wise, a DiCaprio Boodle, Eco Bo- or Echo Boydok, uh, Kalef Halassi, or Matt Bushman, I think are all names that are kind of like that in that 54, 55, 56 range. So if they play around with uh, Tony and Bell and, and Allegretti, those are the names names to watch. Uh, how do you feel about that list of offensive linemen, Don? Uh, pretty good. I think you make a good point about Caliendo. Uh, if Allegretti's out, they're going to have to some, have somebody who can be that that guy. Kennard isn't that guy. Kennard isn't the guy that you expect to come in at center uh, should uh, Creed Humphrey go down. So I think you're making a good point with Caliendo. In fact, I'd be, well, yeah, I guess you'd still need to have Kennard on the team because otherwise you've got a couple of tackles there. That, yeah, I think you're right there. I think you got it going. I think you got it going on there, Pete. Yeah, I there's there's some alternate scenarios here where the Chiefs keep Niang uh, and Prince Tego Inogo, and then Darian Kennard ends up being a surprise cut that maybe could mm-hmm. land on the practice squad. I think that's not out of the realm of possibility. They're not going to make Wanye Morris available, but I, I could see them saying, you think anyone's really going to claim Darian Kennard and – them saying no let's let him, have him develop in the practice right so, mm-hmm. yeah he hasn't shown very much so far has he yeah can't find a trade partner I, I think that is a scenario so very quickly here again the 10 offensive linemen in this scenario where allegretti goes to ir becomes nine and then maybe that's where you keep in a smith marset and you know you're playing with the bell and tony things that that's why i said that this is not going to be right because there's just a lot of different um situations going on with the chiefs and especially with the injuries they keep them close to the vest so we're not really sure uh, what exactly they're doing something we're also not very sure of what they're doing is with chris jones because this is just still uh, a complete mess I, I wrote him down in this room uh, as defensive tackles go it's chris jones Derek naughty keandre coburn uh, and turk wharton danny shelton is the name missing out of that list but again with all these procedural moves maybe danny shelton was brought back really really quickly he is not subject to waivers either because he's been in the league for so long What's interesting about Chris Jones and, and John, we've been trying to figure this out uh, as we've had communication here is there is something that exists called the reserve did not report list. And a lot of times in these holdout situations, guys are placed on it, but to our knowledge and according to the transactions reports, uh, Chris Jones has not uh, been placed on, on this list. And if he were to be, that would open up a roster spot and the chiefs could bring, for example, a Danny Shelton who's lost weight and looks, looks really good um, and keep him on the team. But, in this uh, scenario, in this projection, I didn't use it just because the Chiefs haven't. Because the fact is, if they had had put him on this list 30 days ago, they could have been working out other mm-hmm. defensive tackles at the back end of the roster. So I, for whatever reason, and we can't really figure it out, it didn't seem like Veach or, or the Chiefs wanted to use this list, at least yet. That could change in the next 24 hours. But for now, I kept Jones, Naughty, Coburn, and Wharton. Yeah, you know, I wonder if we could today on today's transactions report see Jones go on that. Uh, then Steve that, better get this podcast up fast because yeah. this is going to become obsolete quickly. <laughs> right. I mean, that could happen today. Right. And, and it's interesting because when you look at the recent history of players under contract who've held out, which is what we're talking about here with Chris Jones, let's make it clear he's not on the franchise tag like Le'Veon Bell was. Yeah. In uh, in that situation, 
but players like Cam Chancellor and uh, Melvin Gordon uh, for the Chargers, um, when they held out, they were placed on their team's um, reserve, did not report lists around the beginning of training camp and remained there through the final cutdown. The Chiefs, for whatever reason, have not chosen to do that. But that's what historically tends to take place. So it's it's kind of mysterious to us at this point. I, it's hard to imagine they don't use it at least by tomorrow, if not right. sooner. But we'll just have to, we'll just have to see what they do. Yeah, I don't know. And as we we've been figuring this Jones situation out, if he were to continue to hold out, um, the Chiefs would end up getting some salary cap space back, uh, de- uh, depending on how many regular season games he he misses. So fluid situation, unprecedented situation, and that's why we're trying to figure it out just like you guys are when it comes to some of these technicalities that the Chiefs have to work through uh, as they're building the 53-man roster. But for now, we're keeping Jones on, and I think Shelton is the next guy if he ends up going onto that list. Uh, defensive ends, George Karloftis, Mike Dan, and Malik Herring, Felix, Anaduke, Izama, and B.J. Thompson. I think the first four guys on this list are set. Karloftis, Dana, Herring, and uh, Felix. B.J. Thompson is a fifth-round pick from this year. And he did not have a great preseason. I did not think he put on enough tape for another team to be interested in unless they had this phantom spot for for because for them to just um, you know use on on what would be a complete project. B.J. Thompson came in as a as a raw prospect. The Chiefs wanted to gain weight, and then potentially he could be a guy for the future, much like they've done with Josh Kando for a few years. Uh, Josh Kando had an all right preseason. Truman Jones as well. I wonder, uh, John, if they try to sneak one of their current draft picks, uh, fifth rounder like B.J. Thompson, to the practice squad. I noted in our projection here that the Chiefs did that with Cornell Powell. Cornell Powell mm-hmm. really didn't show yeah. up to camp in shape, uh, did not meet meet the Chiefs' expectations as a rookie. They sent him to the practice squad, and he's been there ever since developing. Now, this is not the year for Cornell Powell to break through with 1,700 receivers that are, <laughs> are good on the Chiefs. Um but I, I wonder if they go with Kando or Jones, Truman Jones, because uh, Thompson is is not only raw, he, he might even be more raw than, than the Chiefs have anticipated here. That's distinctly possible. Um, you know, I know there are plenty of people who have been relatively impressed with Kando during this preseason, which is something yeah. we, that's a phrase you haven't heard very often relatively impressed with Kando in preseason. I mean, I, we just haven't heard that very often during the years he's been with the chiefs, but there are people who are saying that now. And, uh, he, he would have some support, I think, uh, from some quarters if the chiefs elected to keep him and you make a good point about BJ Thompson. And, um, you know, going back to the point that Jared was making in his piece today, the, the thing that I, I think it's hard for us to really, comprehend is how high the bar is to give up on a player that you've had in your camp and that you have seen every day in exchange for a player who's essentially a question mark who's been cut by another team and that's really what we're talking about and and maybe the chiefs after their experience with cornell powell um at the time all of us would have predicted powell would have been uh claimed on waivers uh, during his first season with the Chiefs, but he wasn't. Right. And it may be the Chiefs feel confident that they could sneak B.J. Thompson through. That's another one we're just going to have to see. 
Well, he's not he's not ready now. And so I just don't think there's going to be another team in the league that's going to be wanting to put him on the 53 man roster that and, and take up a, a spot. Mm-hmm. And so right. Maybe I shouldn't have put him on this list. Maybe I should have yeah. put K Dub. Yeah. Some buyer's remorse here, but well, well, uh, uh, you know, that's what this is how it works, though. Right. You, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of of weighing things back and forth, and even when you've made your list, you can easily go back to it later and go, yeah, maybe I should add. So I, I hope I'm not jinxing it here, but I'm pretty sure I got the linebacker room right. I think they're keeping five. I haven't changed since our first projection, which is rare. Uh, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr., Drew Tranquil, uh, Leo Chanel, and uh, Jack Cochran, John, uh, special teamer. And, you know, he mixes in with the first team because you never know what can happen with injuries. You, you would maybe have to play linebacker. But I, I think this is this is probably one of the safest rooms on the team. I'm, I'm pretty sure about this one. That almost guarantees that this will be one that will be different tomorrow. <laughs> now that yeah. you're, you're putting that confidence on it. Yeah. Can't wait. It's been great. Uh, in the cornerback room. Trent McDuffie, LeJarius Sneed, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, Nick Jones. I didn't write Sneed could be another IR guy, but I just, I don't know. Uh, and if that were to be the case where he was does the, the quick IR thing, like we're suggesting for a few guys, I had mentioned uh, Boodle, Boydo, and Halassi as possibilities there. But ideally, LeJarius Sneed, after missing practice for the past few weeks, is in a place to play. Uh, I had mentioned on previous episodes that I, I think he's in store for the limited 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 tamba ali and the career treatment here uh and i'd mentioned i you know i think because of some of that injury concern this is this would be sneed's last year with the team i don't think they're going to re-up on someone who constantly has this knee swelling stuff but the chiefs need him this year so uh we'll see what happens when it comes to transactions but he'll absolutely be on what what is the initial roster got good news about nick jones over the weekend he did not need surgery so it sounds like he'll be back in the mix soon so i included nick jones in this yeah, we can just hope that uh, the Chiefs recognized Sneed just needed some time off the field to let that thing right. calm down. He'll be fine once the season get, gets going. We'll just have to hope that's true. And right. we're not looking at another you know, situation where he's on the injury report every week and limited for the first few days of practice. I, that, I don't want to talk about that all season. Yeah. So let's hope, let's hope that we won't be. Right. And I, I, I had talked about this, too. There's still this ongoing battle between Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson. There's no battle for Snead. They know what they have in Snead. And so he's just so right. important to the room. So you hope that he's healthy to start the year. In the safety room, kept it the same. Justin Reed, Brian Cook, Jamari Connor, Mike Edwards, uh, and Dion Bush. Jamari Connor has been a pleasant surprise for uh, the defensive staff. He's been working the nickel a, a little bit with, with some of these guys. He's actually... Uh, been on the field in, in that role, like holding Watson off the field. So when the Chiefs were going into the nickel, you know, they've had Trent and Joshua Williams late here, which Murray Connor being inside. So a little bit of a fall from grace from Watson. It's not going to stop him from making the team, but I think the Chiefs are pretty excited for what they have in Connor. And then Mike Edwards brings that ball hawk veteran ability to the room, and, and Deion Bush is just another special teamer that that is kind of that Dave Tope special. Worth noting here that like Blake Bell and Danny Shelton, Dion Bush can also be released instead of waived. So if you don't see any of those three names on the, the list, the initial list tomorrow, it doesn't necessarily mean that they won't be back in the, in the coming days. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of intrigued by Edwards as a, as a second level player as well. Um, so that's so- something that I think he brings to the squad that, that, 
we don't get from somebody else. And I think Connor has been a real surprise in the training camp. I think we're going to see a lot from him this season. I'm looking forward to that. The three specialists are Harrison Butker, Tommy Townsend, and James Winchester. There's no competition for these guys uh, around, you know, at this stage. So those are your specialists for the year. Once again, and that's about it, John. Uh, we know that Charles Menehue, uh is is on the suspended list. Jody Fortson's done for the year. Nazi Johnson's done for the year on on IR. We will see where we're wrong and where we're we're right. Again, this roster cutdown happens on uh, Tuesday at 3 p.m. Arrowhead time. Though there will be trickling updates throughout the day about you know we'll have a tracker going at, at Arrowhead Pride. Um, and then we will have the reaction, as we were mentioning, uh, Steve and and some of his uh, brethren here at Arrowhead Pride will jump on for uh, an emergency type of podcast to break down the initial 53-man roster. I'm sure there'll be some surprise cuts and some surprise keeps. So keep it locked in on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. If you like the network, leave us a rating and a review. And like we did at the beginning of this show, we will read it right here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. With Cut Down, that brings us a step closer to opening night of the NFL season. It's going to be the Chiefs and the Lions. We're very excited about that. Uh, for Steve, behind the scenes, and John, my name is Pete Sweeney. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply.